After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, hello again. This is after a week off for the Futures game and the MILB All-Star break. This is the Hot Sheet podcast, which means Hot Sheet is back and Josh is back. That's me. And Jeff is back. That's him. Say hi, Jeff. Hey there. We're uh, we're burning the midnight oil or the ten forty two Eastern uh, in the evening oil uh, on the first of what should be two crazy trade deadline days. Uh, we're recording this tonight just because you know we want to get this out before the deluge of trades begins tomorrow anew and don't have to be recording while something crazy happens. But. You know, we're going to talk, we're going to do what we always do, talk a little bit about a hot sheet and a lot about baseball and what we've seen over the past couple of weeks and all that good stuff. So let's start with the hot sheet, Jeff. We started with uh, Blake Walston, Arizona left-hander at number one. What made you, the picker this week, put Blake Walston at number one? Yeah, I think it was just, um, you know, when you're looking at a week like, the one that we just had, or at least the the period where it's it's not you know a clean typical six game series. Um, so you're going to have, I guess, a, a, a bounty, a plethora, so to speak, of potential options, particularly on the pitching side, um, that were sort of able to compile because they potentially made you know two starts, maybe even three. I don't know if anyone made three actually, but um, of all those guys, uh, Walston to me had the most consistent performance, um, across both of his starts, um, both five inning turns, uh, both gave up an earned run each time, um, struck out eight, uh, in one and struck out 10 in the other, uh, in the eight strikeout performance, he only walked one, um, and, uh, in the 10 strikeout performance, he actually walked four, uh, only allowed one hit and it was a home run. Um, so you just sort of look at like, you know, sort of base runners. It was all sort of the same. I think it was, um, four or five base runners in each. So just like the consistency, um, you know, I think also the fact like not to put like age and level there, but this is also a lefty that, you know, just turned 21, a little bit more than a month ago, um, like only by a few days. So, uh, he's in double a pitching well, uh, in a tough environment. Um, one of those starts was a home start in Amarillo um, against a Corpus Christi lineup that has a few guys or at least one that's in the hot sheet actually uh, this week as well in uh, Justin Durden. So I just thought across the board, degree of difficulty, the general sort of compiler stats that we'll look at just over the given sample. I think he just checked all the boxes and 
I think of all the names on the list, he's probably the best, if not one of the better pitching prospects uh, pretty easily. So, um, yeah, sort of dug the, the Walston work this week. Yeah, you know, he's he's uh, taking on the task that nobody envies, and that is pitching in Amarillo where, I mean, you know, pop-ups are home runs, and it's a super hitter's atmosphere. So it's really hard to kind of discern uh, – success for a pitcher at, at that particular location. I mean, his ERA right there is, uh, it's like five, seven, one. Yeah. It's not super great. Uh, where compared to where it was in Hillsborough, which was 2.55, but, but 68 strikeouts and 60 and a third, probably still walking too many guys, but you know, there's signs of success. He hasn't getting his brains beat in too badly. So yeah, I thought it was it was sort of, you know, coming out of the break. Um, maybe a guy has some time to make an adjustment, whatever, relax, talk to a coach, like whatever it is. Um, see a guy make two good starts that were pretty consistent um, in a tough environment as a young player. OK, you know, guys are going to have bumps in the road. It's sort of um, that's the way baseball is. It's sort of, you know, the the story of the game is is how you deal with um you know, adversity. So I think it's a big part of it. And this stuff is, is, is good. I mean, he's not going to blow you away with, with heat, but he's got some hop in the fastball, some ride, good shape, um, good release characteristics. Uh, you know, the slider is fine. I, I like the curveball a lot. It's got a lot of depth. Um, and he's got feel for a changeup too. Um, I think a big part of it is just once he takes that, that turn and sort of, um, really sort of hones in his command from being sort of average-ish now uh, to above average to better, you know, maybe even plus, um, just based on the type of pitcher he is, how he moves, how the ball moves out of his hand. He's somebody that should, you know, sort of portend because of, of some of those traits throw more strikes. And I'm going to talk about someone that's going to surprise absolutely no one. Uh, number 15 on the list, Jackson Bryan. Chorio, the uh, <laughs> the breakout prospect of the year uh, post promotion to high A Wisconsin, where he's going from you know Zebulon to Appleton, Wisconsin, being exposed to a whole world of cheese up in the uh, the Midwest. Uh, the first series there this week, and he did pretty darn well. Um, got his first home run at the level on Saturday, and I think it was Saturday, and it was crushed uh, 100 miles an hour off the bat about 410 to dead center on a line pretty impressive stuff for a guy who again is not only just 18 years old he's not even 18 and a half he would be in this coming year's draft class the one that our, our colleague Carlos Colazzo is out on the showcase circuit looking at right now he's that young and he's in high a already I can't say it enough there's a lot of markers there for this player to be incredibly special. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but the section of the record I'm playing is pretty darn good. And you might want to keep listening to it over and over and over again before you move to the next track. I also <laughs> wanted to go next, next down the board, Jordan Walker, you know, right before our last issue went to press, I did a thing where I surveyed scouts about, um, you know, the best hitter and pitcher they'd seen all year. And one said to me, Jordan Walker. And, you know, one of the things that stuck out in his quote was that 
you know, you see the massive exit velocities and the hard hit balls, but that he didn't think he had fully tapped into his power yet, which was kind of, you know, your eyes get real big, your pupils kind of dilate. Like if he's not fully tapped into his power yet with the stuff we saw last year and this year, what kind of monster are we looking at here? And then this last two, two of the last three games before today, Monday, he hit two home runs on Friday and then two home runs again on Sunday. So that's four home runs in three days, which is pretty impressive considering he had eight home runs in the prior, I think 72 games. Uh, so he's starting to tap into that power. Look out double a and maybe triple a soon. Um, what do you think about Jordan Walker and Jackson Churio, Jeff? Yeah, man. Um, got an opportunity to, to chat with Jordan Walker a little bit with, uh, with Mason Wynn at the prospect pad before the futures game. And he's a great guy, great kid. Um, you know, really focused sort of knows exactly, you know, in terms of his swing, um, how pitchers are pitching him. And I think he really defines himself as more of a contact hitter than even a power guy. Um, but he's not necessarily looking to, you know, sell out in each pitch or, you know, he's not looking to play hero ball and, you know, smoke a homer. Uh, every time he steps into the box, it's just about taking good at bats, um, making contact on strikes, swinging at strikes, not expanding. And he's done a really good job of that since coming into pro ball. I, I really think that, when you look at where he was as an amateur player, um, you know, to where he is now, that's an element of his game that I think had a lot of question marks and he's done an excellent job of sort of just um, taking the next step, uh, so to speak, in that particular area, just from about to ball and, um, you know, just a swing decision standpoint. Like I, I didn't necessarily think he was going to be this kind of hitter uh, at this level this soon. Um, thought he was a guy that would struggle a little bit with the swing and miss and he hasn't as much. So um, yeah, as you said, sort of look out. Um, and he's the kind of guy alongside Wynn, Gorman uh, and some other players where, you know, you could potentially be talking about enough to acquire, um, you know, somebody here big <laughs> at the trade deadline. You know, I don't know if it's Juan Soto, but I, I would imagine at least puts him in the running. Yeah. And before we uh, start talking about the trades that have gone down the last 48, 72 hours, we are going to take a short ad break right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. And we're back. So we're going to talk about some trades that have gone down uh, the last weekend or so. Uh, specifically, the uh, the Luis Castillo bomb that dropped on, I want to say, was it Friday or Saturday night. Uh, the Reds made out like bandits, uh, as did the Mariners. Let's, not be cl- let's be clear here. It's great that the Mariners are bolstering their rotation to try to end the longest playoff drought in American sports. Uh, and... Did so, did so with the best starting pitching op- option that we know is on the market. It's good to see that those guys are going for it uh, and really seizing the opportunity. And a, a pretty good arm goes to uh, Seattle for the next couple of years. But they did give up a pretty darn good package and have bolstered what I will call Cincinnati's shortstopoly with Ellie De La Cruz, the new additions, uh, Noel V. Marte, Edwin Arroyo, and they've also got uh, Trey Faltine, uh, Matt McLean, Jose Torres. I'm sh- uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some guys in their system, but they've got just an array of shortstop prospects right now, which is a great problem to have. I mean, shoot, if you look at the Ohio-based uh, minor league systems, there is just you could probably do a good top thirty of middle infield, or at least a twenty of middle infield prospects just for Cleveland and Cincinnati. But we're talking about Cincinnati, Jeff. What did you think about the uh, the Reds' return for Mister Castillo? Yeah, I think you got to start with you know, of course, the the two big shortstop prospects there, um, Noel V. Marte. I think uh, you know a few years ago um, probably was sort of viewed as a potential like one one overall type of a prospect i don't think i'm 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 talking out of turn when i say that there was a lot of helium around him when he first sort of came stateside he hit uh there if i remember correctly there might even have been some sort of tall tales uh from that alternate site you know some of the the mammoth home runs that he had hit um we saw that it wasn't as quite quite as explosive as we had necessarily thought. Um, he's still a very good hitter. Um, you know, I don't think he's a shortstop long term. There's probably some body questions, maybe too. Um, but I think overall, I mean, the kid can still really hit. Um, though I do think, you know, if if we're talking about like an impact regular, I think there's probably some question there, right? Like there wasn't necessarily a couple of years ago, even a year ago that, you know, there was, like I said, a lot of helium people sort of viewed him as a potential, you know, um, all-star major leaguer at some point. Um, but 
I don't think that's necessarily the viewpoint any longer. He's still a very good prospect, a top 100 player. I don't think that's a question. Uh, Evan Arroyo, on the other hand, has probably been the biggest breakout of uh, last year's draft class. I almost wonder if you had asked, you know, secretly polled all 30 executives um, and asked them sort of uh, where Edwin Arroyo would rank on their draft board now. Um, I, I don't think I'm talking on a turn to say that, like, he could have gone in the top 10, um, certainly within the top 15, uh, you know. I'm sure there's a few teams that picked in the first round that would probably want to do over and be able to swap with Edwin Arroyo. So really good pick up there. Um, you know, and then we look at the uh, couple of other uh, arms uh, that they acquired as well. Um, you know, Andrew Moore isn't uh, a nothing. Um, you know, I think uh, he has such a boring name that you just sort of expect it to be like, oh, Andrew Moore, great, you know. Um, but in reality, Andrew Moore, uh, you know, he's only 22 and, you know, at six foot five, he's got a fastball that sits 96 to 97 miles per hour. I believe uh, per trackman, he has been clocked as high and I'm not kidding you as 103 miles per hour this year. Um, so obviously this is a guy that throws hard. Um, it's a really low release despite the fact that he is, uh, that he is six foot five, um, you know, so it's a flatter VAA. Uh, like with a lot of tall guys, a lot of it comes down to the fact that he gets really good extension. He's getting like six foot and like, you know, four inches, five inches of extension. He's getting down the mound, you know, that allows him to throw from a fairly low release height. His arm slot obviously helps that as well. Um, and it's one of the reasons that he's got a near 40% a whiff rate in his fastball. Um, so he's one guy, Levi Stout is kind of down this year, but a uh, guy that's shown four pitches. Um, his changeup was a lot better last year than it's been this year. He hasn't been throwing it as much. So I don't know if there's something going on there. Uh, and they maybe think they can unlock that, but I really like the return overall. And I even thought like beyond the headline names here, the two arms are interesting. And, um, you know, despite, some turnover in the front office in Cincinnati. They still have a lot of good pitching coaches uh, at the major league and at the minor league level. So um, per perhaps they can unlock that with a couple of these guys here, particularly uh, Moore who throws so hard. My, my favorite thing about Levi Stout, I remember last year I went to the Northwest to see Kirby and Brash, and I was hoping to see Julio Rodriguez, but he got promoted like the day I got there. Uh, trying to keep him away from you. They succeeded. I've, barely seen him in his career and I was in the major leagues in Seattle of all places I won't see him um but Stout was the guy on the third day but I had to get home and you know get ready for the flight the next day so I watched three innings and he was okay and then I got home and I saw he went like super shove for the the rest of the game and I texted some scouts who were there and they're like yeah his fastball went up three miles an hour when you left and he started throwing the changeup, which was his signature. It might still be this. And, you know, it was this hammer, hammer changeup. That's not really a thing you say. This nasty, nasty changeup and just cut through everyone when you left. And it was one of those, oh, come on, sort of moments. <laughs> like, that's, why you never, that's why you never leave a game early. Uh, uh, I, I get the sentiment, but. Last year, like the one Cape game, I left really early. I left like in the seventh inning. 
it was, I think it was a blowout at Brewster. And I was like going to like meet my kids at the beach for the sunset with my wife. And like, as soon as I left the park and I packed up, Spencer Jones, now first round pick of the Yankees, hit an absolute bomb. And like, if I had been there just like 10 more minutes, I would have caught this bomb and had like a great video. But the memories with my children and family, much more worth it, but still. Did, did, did your children hit any bombs that day? No, but well, we there did, you did go. Take a very nice, a, a very nice family photo at Mayflower Beach. So, you know, <laughs> in the end, who wins? Uh well, I don't. That's that's up to you. But no. anyways, <laughs> America wins. Okay. Uh, moving on, you know the the Yankees. Speaking of which, their first rounder is Spencer Jones, but they they made a big move today. They made a couple moves today. Actually, they, they uh, dealt. They they cleared out some prospects who uh, were going to go onto the, have to go onto the forty man and they used them to get some value. Uh, they got they swapped Hayden Wesneski for Scott Efros, a big league reliever who's under control for quite a while. And then you know that was the the appetizer and the main course was Frankie Montas, uh, who has amazingly I think been traded four times now for and, and uh, Lou Trevino for uh, four prospects that would be Ken Waldachuk. JP Sears, Cooper Bowman, and Luis Medina. Uh, again, I, since I'm kind of obsessed with the 40 man. That's three guys, two guys who were on it, one guy who needed to in uh, Waldachuk, and Bowman who didn't need to as of yet. But they've they've really turned a lot of their prospect. They've dealt seven top 30 guys, I think, and Cooper Bowman who wasn't on it uh, in the past few days. It, including the Andrew Benintendi deal to add Benintendi, Efros, and Montes and Trevino, and they might not be done. And they've done all of it without touching Volpe or Peraza or Wells or Dominguez or Will Warren. All those guys are still intact, which means they could either do something with them now or later, or, you know, uh, hold on to them and see if they're going to be big league pieces. But they've really much succeed. They've really succeeded in their goals of, you know, bolstering the ro the rotation as best they could after finishing, you know, second or third or whatever in the Castillo Derby, adding two arms to the bullpen and, you know, putting a little more contact ability balance in the lineup um, and kind of bolstering themselves to the stretch run. What did you think of, I know we have disparate views on the two W pitchers, Wesneski and Waldachuk. <laughs> um, what did you think of the moves? Yeah, you know, I, I thought the A's, I mean, We'll see how these guys do, uh, but they're near finished products. I thought the A's did pretty well. Uh, you know, being able to land both um, Waldachuk uh, and Medina, I think those guys are both rotation pieces, uh, legitimately. So, um, you know, I thought I thought that was it was a really good deal um, in terms of you know their return, and they've been making trades of late i don't know if people are familiar with this but they've made a lot of deals of late and uh, i don't know if their returns have always been great um i thought this was pretty good because i also think that cooper bowman can play uh and i forgot they got jp sears as well who i think honestly long term is probably going to be like a tweener kind of a pitcher um maybe you could use him behind like a, a, a an opener um, you know, that kind of guy and whatever, maybe gives you big chunks out of the pen. He's versatile though. And I think he's pretty, pretty interesting. The stuff isn't huge. He's got command and deception. Um, Waldachuk, the stuff is there. Yeah, honestly. And Medina has always had stuff. 
he's in this sort of period again where he's really commanding uh, his stuff. And I almost felt, feel like he took a big step forward right before the pandemic and then kind of caught up again in 2020. But I, I feel like he's he's a potential rotation piece for a team like this now. Um, I don't know really what you're going to get out of sticking Louis Medina in the PCL and AAA. <laughs> Correct. And you know, one, on the 40 now, right? He's on the 40. Um, if I'm what, not mistaken, he is on the 40. Correct. And I don't think, and I don't think you're going to get anything good out of sticking Luis Medina in the PCL no. where the, in specifically in Las Vegas, where that kind of atmosphere can hurt a pitcher's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you put him in a place that's far more forgiving like Oakland and you'll see much better results. There is yeah, zero yeah, que- honestly, there there's zero question that Medina's stuff is the loudest in this deal and possibly probably in the entire system. When he's right, you're talking about three plus or betters. Um but it, it's just not consistent. He doesn't sync it correctly at correctly prop. He doesn't sync it up and doesn't show the command that you want to see often he's just when it's when it's really good when it's good it's really good it's you know you know uh, edge of your seat don't move type stuff when it's not he gets hit or he's wild it if it's it's one of the most maddening arms in that system and you're right he did take a huge step forward right before the pandemic like he was just you know uh, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn early in his career it was very very it was borderline yips but he got a lot better right before the pandemic and then you know has been okay ish and the 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 big question is i I always wonder why has he not been in triple a um obviously there they have their reasons why he's not in triple a yet he is uh he's been double a in both affiliates for a while now or no, no, double A. He was both. He was in Somerset. He never pitched in Trenton. But he is electric. The thing with Waldachuk that I have heard from scouts, I've never seen him myself. Somehow you have, is that the stuff is legit. The command and the arm action are scary, and they do not believe that definitively that he's you know a sure bet to stick in rotation despite the numbers. They talk about consistency of the slider. They talk about, you know, how long the arm action is in the back. They talk about how kind of he'll lose that delivery. And the Yankees themselves admitted that, you know, they they worked with him to get more sturdy in the lower half of his delivery. Um, and there's there's reticence. I've talked to scouts before, uh, you know, the last two years about this. And it's come back consistently Wesneski over Waldachuk. And frankly, I talked to a scout as recently as, this weekend about this thing i said you know you've been on these guys for the last couple of weeks how would you put those two and it's wasneski over waldachuk for the reasons i just mentioned you know wasneski's stuff might not be as loud as waldachuk's but the delivery and the command and the pitchability are a bit better at this point so if you told me that wasneski was going to be maybe a back-end guy or maybe a mid-rotation guy and Waldchuck 
was going to be a powerful bullpen arm, I'd buy it. Is there a ceiling for more? Sure. But there's less certainty on it. And I, I know you, you're higher on Waldachuk, but that's kind of how I, I ranked them. I, they're two of the best arms in the system. I had them four and five. So that would be the number one and two arms in the system. And, you know, with Will Warren coming right up on them. So there's, there's, they got some interesting pieces back there. And it'll be very interesting to see how both those guys play out over the next couple of years. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, um, maybe I got just a better look at uh, Waldachuk than I did of, of Wesneski. Um, you know, I think the other part of it too is, um, I'm sort of a sucker for a lefty with velocity and secondaries. And he's sort of one of these West coast, um, pitchability guys that, that added velocity. Um, I know in terms of, you know, walking batters versus striking guys out and getting whips, uh, that's sort of what the difference is there. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly difficult to definitively argue this, this one, one way or the other, because they're both guys that have, sort of produced to a, a, a similar level and just sort of different different ways. And I mean, it's and, not like Wesneski stuff is bad at all. Obviously, it's a great slider, so. And let's be clear here too. I mean, they were both valued highly by the clubs that were receiving them. One of them was part of a four-player deal for two really good arms. And the other, Wesneski, was for a good big league reliever who's under control for, I think, I think he's a free agent in 2028. It's like five years. Is what yeah, like it's that's that's not nothing. That's a really long time to get a controllable guy. So that was a valuable piece as well. Um, and it, and shout out to their scouting and development, man. They've done a really good job turning their arms into big league pieces over the last couple of years. I mean, last year, uh, Jansen Junk got dealt for Andrew Haney. Say what you want, where Andrew Haney did in the big leagues. It was it's it's a guy that maybe didn't necessarily fit on your big league roster at the time. I think Elvis Baguero was in that deal too. Um, you know, they've they've turned a lot of their arms into big league value, even if they're not on the Yankees. So they've done a really good. Uh, Glenn Otto, part of the uh, the Joey Gallo deal again, not a guy who's really performed the way you'd want in New York, but the fact that they got that guy and turned him into a part of a package for the guy they thought was good going to be the last piece of a masher lineup was impressive. And again, they've done a really good job. They turn these guys every year. You'll find a pop-up arm who comes out of nowhere and jumps onto the map. Uh, this year, one of those guys is Luis Serna, who you'll read about in the issue of BA, who the, the, the might be on their way to your inbox now. It's probably there now. He's one of the big sleepers that popped up out of uh, the... Florida Complex League, 17 year old with pitchability up to 94 already. Uh, one of my favorite low level arms in the minors right now, you know, notch below my, my very tall uh, <laughs> prospect friend, Harlan Susanna. Uh, that's the best guy in the pros in the, in the complex leagues this year, as far as arms are concerned, but I can't, I don't know why I ve uh, veered into him, but I really can't go a day without talking about him. <laughs> so in any case, you know, we've talked about trades. We've talked about the hot sheet. Jeff, I know you're going to see some some interesting arms this week. You got about yeah. five minutes or so. 
go. Yeah, we'll see. I'll see some interesting arms this week, but I'm also in the process of, I know we are a, as a site of collecting best tools for different leagues. I'm doing it as well for the Cape Cod League. Uh, so I have all those surveys out. I, I, I'm, you know, have a, a, a group of scouts and cross checkers and folks that are helping me out with that. Um, talking to coaches and GMs, I had the broadcasters do one as well. So I'm interested to get that back, just um, especially hearing, you know, uh, who are the sort of hot names coming off of uh, the Cape Cod League. I obviously have my own biases, but I'm trying to do the reporting here, uh, despite having seen several games. Uh, regular season's going to end tomorrow, and uh, we'll have some playoffs for a week or so. So I'll be mixing that in with um, getting some pro looks, and then after that, it's going to be all pro, but that's all right, because... Um, there's a lot of decent pitching up in Worcester actually right now. So the AAA rosters are a little bit more interesting. That season goes a little bit longer. I think there might be some playoffs mixed in as well. So, yeah, I mean, um, a lot of stuff going on and I'm doing stuff on the pro and, and amateur side, just because uh, as I'm wrapping up the Cape Cod league here doing, you know, the overall ranking of players, et cetera. Um, it's really my, my favorite time of year. And I'm excited to, you know, continue to roll that stuff out here at BA. I just recently put up a piece uh, with, I sat down with Anthony Volpe and had him break down his swing and how it's changed from high school through last weekend. Um, that was a pretty cool piece that he essentially wrote for me, which is <laughs> work smarter, not harder kids. Um, and I saw Kyle Harrison and Randy Rodriguez. And this week, I there's not a whole lot of teams in the area, but uh, if I get a chance and my car behaves, I will see Norhe Vera. Uh, for Kannapolis when they're coming to uh, Zebulon. Uh, but other than that, we're updating our 30s. We're doing best tools. We're uh, tools. Is, 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 is. Um, and we are going to rank all the traded prospects once the dust settles. We're going to put the draft guys into their various orgs. Uh, so it doesn't stop here. You know, we've got our stuff going on. Like I mentioned, Carlos is out on the showcase circuit watching the Max Clark extravaganza uh, for the next few weeks and seeing how those 2023 guys line up. Um, and if you are a subscriber to BA, you already know how we think they line up right now. So lots of good stuff happening, lots of good stuff that will happen. And sooner or later, it's going to be actual top 10 season, Arizona Fall League, the greatest of all leagues, uh, and all sorts of uh, good stuff from now until then. Um, any last words, Jeff? No, man. Let's, uh, let's get it. All right. For Jeff in Massachusetts, I'm Josh in North Carolina. For Parrot, this is Bear. See you later. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.